What is good, everybody? Welcome to the We Hate Sports Podcast, episode 89, coming at you on this very, very special week, not only for the podcast, but sports fans in general, because boys, boys, you know what's back this week, starting this Thursday, we all know what is back this week. It's time. We have finally made it to the start of the new NFL season. And boy, oh boy, I cannot be more excited for this. Let me introduce you to the rest of the OG crew. The Broncos fan himself, my fellow co-host, TK Hayes. Ladies and gentlemen, Broncos fans, Broncos country. For the next seven years, we have stability. We have stability. And I'm just going to end it there, bro. It feels good. It feels really good. We'll have to wait and see. That is definitely a question we'll get more into on the episode this week, we also have the Giants fan, Sean. It's great to be here after an amazing weekend of college football. We all enjoyed watching all the big teams. We saw the upsets. We saw the blowouts. It was just a great week of college football. And hopefully next time you're hearing from us, it'll be after a great week of NFL football. I'm so excited that football's back. I agree with you more. Uh, we have one, two Eagle fans here, Gianni. I'm excited that football is back. This is going to be a great season, honestly. Um, can't wait to Sunday, man. This is going to be exciting. And with someone like an Eagles fan, we have to have the teams that, uh, well, not a lot of people are high on this season. But you know what? They still represent well. It's Trey, the resident Patriots fan. Back to enthusiast. Ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be a great week. Not only will the Bills be losing opening Sunday, Braun Strowman has returned to WWE. The greatest big man of all time. The monster among men. Greater than Big Show. Greater than Andre the Giant. Greater than Mark Henry. Greater than Big Daddy B. Greater than the great Kali. Well, you already messed up, first of Shut all. Up. Shut the up. The Bills are going to lose on a Sunday, and they play Thursday. So, I mean, if you're going to insult the I Bills, at least Thursday. get it right. No, I you said, said Sunday. Thursday. You I said, said opening Sunday. Said Sunday. Oh, I said opening you Sunday? Said Sunday. Okay, I meant Sunday. opening yes. Thursday. Yes. That's how excited I am that Braun Strowman is back, baby. Let's go. Oh, well, we could tell. We could definitely tell. But uh, trust me, we'll definitely get into your topics. And, well, last but certainly least on our podcast we have the Ravens fan. We have Toluani Akatunde, everybody. I don't like football. F football and F everything. I'm ha- I'm so mad that football's back. You want to know why I'm so mad that football's back? Because Lamar Jackson yeah. is about to take field without a fucking contract. Russell Wilson gets paid seven years. Meanwhile, Lamar Jackson is struggling to get his money. Okay, I'm starting my own GoFundMe page to get Lamar Jackson paid. I'm so sick of all these quarterbacks getting paid, getting all their guaranteed money. Meanwhile, this stupid ass franchise is still contemplating on giving Lamar Jackson a MVP in this league his money. Screw you, Ravens. F it. I'll do it myself. I'm going to raise the money and I'm going to pay Lamar myself if I have to. Tolu, how can you afford to pay Lamar Jackson when you don't even have a job? What are you talking about? Uh, Sean. Sean, do not get me started. I am in an icky mood. You sit at home all day. You eat your mother's bonbons all day. You steal your mother's credit card to pay for Fortnite. Why are you speaking to me, Sean? Don't get me started. I am not in the mood today. Well, Tolu, 
Not everyone can get He's paid. I'm saying Lamar Jackson didn't get paid, but Braun Strowman oh, got paid man. to come back today, baby. Oh, this man. is a great. You can tell. Hey, you can tell. You can tell. There are a lot of excited voices on the episode this week. Uh, my name is BC, by the way. The other uh, Eagles fan on the episode this week. Like I mentioned, the NFL. We officially made it. It comes back Thursday night. And we could not be more excited on this podcast. Uh, and we'll definitely go over some week one predictions as well as we introduced a new tactic for the upcoming season. We'll also be going over an OTTR this week, uh, the results of a jam-packed weekend of wrestling, um, as well as some college football talk because college football season is officially in full swing. And our boy Sean here knows a thing or two about college football. So we'll definitely be diving a little bit more into that. We'll have the usual weekly questions, of course, and our red hot, hyping hot, hot takes. If you're not already following all of our socials, follow our Twitter at WHS underscore podcasts, our Instagram at WHS underscore podcasts, our YouTube at YouTube.com slash We8Sports, and our TikTok at We8Sports. This is episode 89 that you're listening to, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, tap into the We8Sports podcast. Let's start with our weekly questions, boys, and... For this first question, um, I, I feel it's only necessary to get everybody's opinion on this one. So, it is officially back this Thursday in the defending champions, the Los Angeles Rams. They will be starting off the season a very intriguing matchup. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Um, so, who do you think will have the better season? the duel of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs or Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup. TK, I'll start with you for this question. What do you think? Who do you think? I mean, for me, really, <clears throat> well, first of all, what a phenomenal question, PC. Man, that guy who, I mean, the guy who comes up with the questions, I mean, he's just doing a great job. I mean, we need to give him more, more respect. But no, I, I, I mean, for thank me. You, thank you. Shout out to Mook. I love it, man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> good. But for me, really, it's pretty simple, PC. All four of these guys are top 10 players at their positions, all right? But for me, what separates Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, is that I think we would all agree Stephon Diggs is the top five wide receiver in this league, right? I think we all agree with that. As, and, and as well as Josh Allen is a top five quarterback in this league. Some people have him at, some people have him at one. Some people, I don't think he's number one, but I, I have him in my top three. But as far as that, um, I think when you look at Cooper Cup, you can say he's the best wide receiver if you don't have Devontae Adams there. But I think as far as Matthew Stafford, I think him winning a Super Bowl officially put him in the top 10 conversation. So I think what separates the two really is the quarterback play. All right. Matthew Stafford is, is, is a very elite quarterback. But I think when you talk about a guy like Josh Allen and, and I'm not taking anything away from Matthew Stafford. I mean, the dude just won a Super Bowl. But, man, Josh Allen is just one of those quarterbacks that he just has something that a lot of these quarterbacks just do not, bro. When you think of a guy like Josh Allen, you think of you think of a tier of a guy like Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and those guys. He's up there with those guys. And Matthew Stafford, I mean, he's just he's just not that guy, bro. So, really, for me, PC, it's the fact that I can put – that I have <clears> – <throat> that I can put Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs in the top five at their positions, bro. And I can't say the same about Matthew Stafford. Valid points. Totally. What do you think? Gianni? I agree with um, TK and Toru. Um, the other thing to take account 
um, about this because throughout the season is Matthew Stafford is playing with that that um, arm injury all season, so that's going to be a problem I think throughout the season. Um, I know the connection with Cup is not going to go away, but that's something to look at um, when you when you compare or say who's going to have the better season. I think Allen and Diggs are top five in each position, and I think they're going to have the more su- successful season. And especially with um, Stafford, that arm injury, because we all know if, if throughout the season if that injury is going to affect him, and we probably won't see as much deep um, throws as right like like last season. So I think Allen and Diggs. All right, it's a fair, clean sweep of Allen Diggs, uh, Sean. All right, so I probably would take Allen and Diggs, but to be a little bit contrary. Uh, just so we're not keeping it a little boring. Um, let's still go go with Stafford and Cup. Um, I don't really have too much of a concern with Stafford's shoulder. I think he's going to be fine. All the reports is he's healthy, he'll be good for week one, and he should be good the entire season. If we're talking about who's going to win more games, who's going to go further in the playoffs, who's just going to be the more successful overall team, I'd probably go with the Bills duo. But if we're just talking this particular connection... Stafford and Cup was the best connection in the league last year. That's why Cooper Cup led the league in yards, catches, and touchdowns. All three. He had the triple crown. So if we're just talking about the one-to-one connection, let's go with Stafford and Cup. I I don't see any reason why uh, Cooper Cup won't be putting up similar numbers this season, especially with Sean McVay still at head coach, still calling plays, that electric offense. Uh, They added Allen Robinson. That could take some targets from him. But I'm going to go with the Rams duo. I think Cooper Cup, if we're looking at who's going to lead – Who's going to be better statistically between pretty much Cooper Cup and Stephon Diggs? Because obviously it's Allen and uh, Stafford throwing to them. I'm going to go with Cooper Cup, and I'm going to say this connection is going to get more than the Bills one. Great. Great. That's a good, respectful answer. Uh, Trey? Uh, yeah. I mean, past couple of years, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, they've had great chemistry together. Like TK and everybody else said, real good duo. But... Despite that, Sean also made valid points with Cooper Cup and Matt Stafford being a top two duo in the league last year. Cooper Cup almost had 2K yards, led touchdowns. Then he had like 21, I believe, something like that. And, you know, receptions as well. No matter what, he's going to get the ball. We've seen it with Megatron and uh, Megatron and Stafford. No matter what, Stafford found a way to get Megatron the ball. It's going to happen again this year, I believe. And who has the easier path? to win the Super Bowl or whatever, like Sean said, the Rams have the easier path just because AFC is stacked. So, we like that. They have the team to repeat what they did last year. Now, will they? Doubt it. But, I like that duo more than the Bills. Goes without saying. Um, Patriots fan. Probably wouldn't want to choose the opposition anyway. Um, but, this is... These are both two duos that I think you can go, you can't do wrong with either or. You know, Stafford Cup, they just won the championship. Um, they just won a Super Bowl the last season. Uh, then you have Allen and Diggs. Josh Allen is going to be an MVP finalist this upcoming season. Uh, and Spawn Diggs is still a top five wide receiver in this league. Um, I personally, right now, if you had to ask me, um, I think I'm going to go with Stafford Cup. Like, 
like I said, they just won the Super Bowl. Uh, there's reliability there. Like Sean said, Cup, he was the triple count crown winner last year in receiving yards, catches, and touchdowns. Uh, Matthew Stafford, yes, you have to be a little bit concerned about that shoulder, but I don't think it's anything that is going to get on the level of like Dak Prescott bad. Um, you know, Cooper Cup still is number one option. So uh, for me, Stafford and Cup, but that doesn't dismiss uh, Allen and Diggs because that is still a top three duo in this league. Um, you know, but it's, it's, it's interesting to hear everybody's answers on that. Um, so I know this is still a very football heavy central episode. So let's dive into some NBA news for this next question, guys, because we had our first major trade and it's uncommon to have trades like this. Um, during this time of the year for the NBA, but Utah jazz guard Donovan Mitchell is going to be playing in red and gold next season. As he got traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, the Cavs acquired the three time all-star from Utah in exchange for Lori marketing, Ajabi Sexton and three first round picks as well as two pick swaps. Does this move make Cleveland a top three team in the East? Uh, so I'm going to start with Tolu for this question. Well, first of all, Roderick, um, this is probably the most stacked Eastern Conference we've had in a minute because there are so many good teams that are in the Eastern Conference now. I'm not saying they're up above the West yet, but this is a, the Eastern Conference is now really, really stacked. But are there a top three team? No. You still got the Bucks. You still got uh, the Celtics, obviously the Celtics. And you still got the Miami Heat. So I think those three are my top three. But are they top five? Yes. Because I, they, they definitely top five now. Because you plug Donovan Mitchell into that lineup with Darius Garland, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, um, uh, who else was who, who else they have? Like, they the, defensively that backcourt is cooked, but their, their front court is crazy because that defensive that their prop their front court will probably make up for it. Well, uh, I think the Cavs are a top five team. They're coming, and they still have many first round picks, so they can still make moves in the trade deadline. So they're not a top three team. Yeah, I still think they need another star. But they're they're definitely top five now. They're they're getting up there. They're getting up there. They're getting up there. So I would say they're a top five team. They're not a top three team. That they're not beating the Celtics in a playoff series. They're not beating the Bucks in a playoff series. They're not beating the Heat in the playoff series. Hey, maybe if Harden actually shows up in the playoffs, I don't even think they're beating the Sixers in the playoff series. So I think they're a top five team, not a top three team yet. This uh. This Cavs team, it reminds me of um, it reminds me of the Raptors last season. Not in the sense of how they're constructed, but in the sense that this is a team that could be a sneaky, pesky team to beat. The Cavs last season were a very pesky, hard team to beat. Um, with how they started at the beginning of the season, especially like they were rolling. You know, with I think they were at one point like a top three seed. Um, things were good and they got hurt and they are playing, you know, finishing the season, losing in the play in tournament. Um, now I'm not saying that's what's going to happen this upcoming season for him, 
But, you know, with the accusation of Donovan Mitchell, who, you know, goes without saying, adds an offensive jolt to a team that, you know, didn't need it, but, I mean, it pushes their offensive level to another level. Um, the defense aspect of the Cavs concerns me. It concerns me a lot. You know, it's all offense, zero defense. This is like, and this is going to, it's going to sound disrespectful a little bit, but this team really is just the New York Knicks, but elevated to another level, you know, in the sense that they have no defense. They just have huh? a really good offense. I know that, that doesn't come off. Yes, it comes off. It comes off to me as a much better Knicks team. Evan Mobley is way better than RJ Barrett. And so is Jared Allen. And Darius not, Garland. I'm not saying I, I told y'all would come off a disrespectful, but I don't mean it as disrespect. Look, the Knicks don't have any defense as well. That doesn't how do you the Knicks that doesn't listen, mean anything. Jared Allen plays defense. Evan Mobley plays that's defense. One player. That's one that's two Evan players. Mobley, they're both the that's players, players that you need. That's two players that you need. And also and also this is in a second. I I just want to finish my point. Like this is a team that has like one or two like great defensive standouts, and I still don't have them beating top teams in the East. Like I don't have them beating the Bucks, Celtics, Heat, Sixers in a series. Like they struggled with that last year. You know, one player. You know, as good as Dolphin Mitchell can be, he's still inconsistent with his scoring sometimes. So, I I just look. I just don't see them being as big as a threat. You know, especially not top three. Like this is a top five, six seed at best. To me, anyway. Like I, I don't see it. Maybe, maybe, you know, TK, you maybe you see it, but I I certainly don't. Honestly, I look at the Cavs. They like to get to the paint against that team is gonna be difficult, honestly. Um, I wouldn't put them top three. I put um I would put um the Bucks, the Celtics, the Heat the Sixers as the only teams ahead of them in the the standings. Because I don't think the Nets can stay healthy enough and they don't play defense at all. And the Hawks, uh, I know Murray is a good addition, but I just don't see it. So, like, I don't see them being, like, a team that is going to be the fifth seed, sixth seed. I think they're still a playing team. But I think they're going to be the fifth seed, and maybe they can luck out and get, past the first round, who knows? But um I wouldn't bet on them being better than those four teams I just mentioned. I, I think they could be better than um than Brooklyn and Atlanta, but I would not put them over the Bucks, the Celtics, the Heat, and the Sixers. I think I think the following season we're gonna see them being like an actual contender and maybe um flirting with the Eastern Conference um championship. Maybe, but as for Gianni, right now, I'm I'm Gianni, putting them in the same know, book as Brooklyn and Cleveland. Gianni, you do know book. Kevin Durant and Kyrie are gonna play for the Nets, right? I know they're gonna play, but we, we said saw that last two seasons, the last couple of seasons that they can't yeah, say exactly. healthy. If they can't say healthy in the stack Eastern Conference. Honestly, they're they're gonna be in the bottom of the standings, like six, seven around there. You, you just have even, to to battle health. That's not even considering the personal reasons Kyrie will miss games, you know, if that still happens, you know, Kevin Durant's injury history has not been good. 
All right. And outside of like, honestly, let's be real. Outside of KD and Kyrie on the Nets, like that team is not as deep as it was. It's not, unfortunately. They lost you know, Bruce they, Brown too. Yeah, they lost Joe Harris. Brown. They lost uh, Joe Harris. Seth Curry. Seth Curry. Seth Curry's still there. Joe Harris is coming back. Seth and Warren. So, TK, let me ask you. Let me. So, so let me ask you. So let me ask you, TK, is Seth Curry and, and Joe Harris winning you games against the Bucks and the Celtics? If they're healthy, with the healthy Kevin Durant and, and, and that, Kyrie Irving, no, absolutely. That's, that's, 100%. Not why I, that's yes. how I asked. That's how I but asked. You, but you also didn't say that Kyrie Irving and take out, take out KD and Kyrie. They can't. Well, take out KD and Kyrie. Obviously. Yeah. I, okay, well, let me ask Hell, you a question. Take out at least one. Everybody PC. So let me ask you a question. If I say if you take out James Harden and you take out Joel Embiid in the playoffs, do they win against the Bucks or the Celtics? No. Exactly. No. So let's move on. Like that was a stupid question. Oh, like, come on. All right. Take out at least one of those players then. Take out at least one of those players then. That's so team take, that okay, does so not take out Kyrie take out Okay. So I expect. I actually expect. So I'm gonna be realistic here. Okay. So I expect Kyrie Irving. Obviously, he's not gonna play the full season. I think we all know that. We've seen this his entire career. I don't think he's gonna play a full season because he's gonna show the Nets. He's gonna try to teach them a lesson. I don't want to be here. I'll play some games where I'm not playing all of them. He'll. Some something is going to happen with his health, quote unquote. Kevin Durant, I actually expect to be healthy. So if you have Kevin Durant with the names that I just added, with the additions that they just added coming off the bench, which I expect. You're talking about a team that has one of the strongest benches in the East, bro. TJ, I mean, these are some. I didn't just name bums. Seth Curry's not a bum. Joe Harris healthy, not Seth a bum. One of the be, best three point shooters. I would start Seth Curry over Joe Harris. That what? that's me. Yeah. I don't, no. No. I don't know. Um, man. Joe Harris is a way better defender. Joe Harris is a way better defender. No. I, I'm not. I don't understand the hype of yeah, TJ Warren. He hasn't played back. since the bubble. Yeah, but TJ Warren. Okay, okay, yeah, because he's been he's been hurt. But what did he look like the last time we saw this guy in the bubble? You got to You got yeah, Okay, that was the Dude bubble. Was dropping fifty points. It was the bubble. It was the bubble. But that's not also, okay. Again, so we have nothothing to talk about then. It's the bubble. It's the, it's the bubble. Hurt. It's not like he continued to play after the bubble. He was hurt a full year. That so doesn't help. Act, we can't just we can't just act like twenty twenty didn't happen, bro. This dude was dropping fifty points a night. If you're bringing a dude on the team that the last time you saw him was dropping 50 points a night in the playoffs, you got to acknowledge that, bro. Like, we can't just not acknowledge that. I can see if he played last season and he just stunk. That, that bubble series, in that bubble series, their first-round matchup was Miami Heat. They got swept. They got swept. It happened. The Heat are it like a top team. TJ Warren was the best player on that team. He had absolutely nobody else after him, though. There was nobody else. Oh, I, believe, yeah, I believe the other starters were hurt. Depot stinks. He's Oladipo stunk. was good then. Oladipo in he was Indiana. Good. He was, was good, good during the year, but in the playoffs, he did not look like the Oladipo he looked like in the. Sean, stop it. You know, PC. Let's it was Oladipo was still doing good. That's not. That's not excluding. That like, this pre- is what. This is my problem. This is my problem. When we're talking about the bubble, how many players and how many teams have we seen change or drop down a level that we saw them play in the bubble that we have not seen since then? Anthony Davis, for one. Because he's been hurt, can't stay on the court. TJ Warren for the same exact reason. You know, hell, even the Los Angeles Lakers, who have made who made the playoffs only once since that time. The Miami Heat just got back to the Eastern Conference Finals this past season. So are you okay? trying to say that the bubble was a curse or I'm not saying like I'm you? not saying the bubble is a curse. All I'm saying is that the bubble is obviously something that 
it, it was it was something that was just like a one-off thing. A lot of unusual things happen in the NBA bubble. And you have to agree with at least that. I mean, yeah, TK, absolutely. goodness sake, Jim, Jimmy Butler was out here. Jimmy Butler was out here getting the plates in his hotel room, <laughs> hooking up with Rachel Nichols. The NBA bubble was something different. All right. It was a different breed. Something we'll never yeah. see again. But I, I just Sean, like TJ Warren being a, a legitimate threat because of it. If he cannot even stay healthy for this net team, then I cannot consider them threats. You know, I, at no, least PC, like PC, PC. in the East. I agree with you. I don't think the Nets. Look, the only thing, and, and just I just wanted to make a quick point about the Donovan, the Donovan trade, and then we can move on. The only thing I really wanted to say is, I don't like. I agree with you guys. I think the defense is absolutely going to stink. That's going to cost them in the playoffs. But I think during the regular season, I don't think they're a top three team. Or, but I think they're a top borderline five ish team. And the only reason is because I have the Sixers because I expect James Harden to be better. We know what the Miami Heat looked like during the regular season, even though I hate Sean and Gianni and the Heat. We, the Boston Celtics, the distance they had, I think they personally had the best offseason. <clears throat> I personally think they had the best free agency in the offseason. Um, who am I missing? I think the Nets are going to be better. I don't know why we're disrespecting the Nets, but I think, they're go- I think they're going to be healthy enough during the regular season to where they're a top five team. And then, and then I think, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, I guess I'd put – I guess I put them right there. I guess I put Cleveland Don't right there. Don't sleep on them. I'm trying to think, but yeah. So those are so so all you guys' teams I have above them. But I think during the regular season they're going to surprise a lot of people. Like, don't be surprised if during you guys' matchup they like sweep you guys. They sweep one of you guys' teams during the regular season. Now, when it gets to the playoffs, I absolutely expect you guys to absolutely clobber them because they're too young. They have absolutely no defense, and all you guys' team has defense. Boston just had the best defense last year. I think Miami Heat had number two. Like I said, I expect the Sixers to be better. I, I expect them to keep elevating. So with that being said, I'm just saying, bro, during the regular season, they're going to look good, bro. Like, let's, they're going to be a top five. I don't think they're top three, but I will say this. Six. As far as what Tolu said about the Eastern Tolu, you can you can say it. I'll say it for you. But the Eastern Conference is officially better than the Western Conference, bro. Like the Eastern Conference is must see TV, and this year it's going to be must see TV because all the teams I just named. One more thing, and I want everybody to look at the camera, bro, because I want y'all to feel this with me, bro. Why are the New York Knicks so stupid? You had Donovan Mitchell in New York your hands. No, 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 you. Peace. They had him in his hands. Donovan Mitchell are you was in bro? It's their hands. I'm not surprised. I'm not Knicks surprised. The Knicks are like, going are to Knicks. It's the Knicks. We can move on. I it's can, the I can, Knicks. Bro, I'm in the same division as them. They do this every single time they think they're going to get better. They did it when they thought they were getting Kyrie. They did when they thought they were getting KD. They did when they thought they were getting Zion. Okay, this is... When they this thought they were getting LeBron James. Remember, they could have got LeBron James. They could have got LeBron James. TK, they, I told they... you about the Knicks. That I was right about. Um, during the group chat the, the last month or so, I, I was right. I told you that the Knicks are going to, to screw it up. And some other team is going to jump in that nobody see coming. Like, I, I, I told you. That's one thing I was right. I was not right about Donovan to Miami. That That's the one thing I was not right. Well, All I want uh, to do is... Reddish. They need to free Cam Reddish, free that man, let him go to on a bigger role. RJ well, Barrett, uh, we can sit here, we can sit here and, and complain about how much the Knicks suck for the rest of the night, but uh, I do want to move on to the third and final question here for this week. Uh, so let's get back into football mode. So 
We have to talk about Russell Wilson, the new Broncos QB. He recently signed a five-year, $245 million extension, which includes $165 million guaranteed. That ties Wilson to the Broncos for the next seven years. Um, now, was it wise for Denver to give Russell a new deal before even playing a single game for the organization? Um, so I know the Broncos fan is going to obviously have a say on this trade. Your thoughts on it? This is great. This is absolutely great because, one, it's Russell Wilson. Like, we can all agree in recent years, the Broncos. Aside of Peyton Manning, they haven't really paid good quarterbacks to be on the team. So when you lock a guy in like Russell Wilson for seven years, he's a mobile quarterback, but he doesn't run a lot. So they don't have to worry about him getting hurt using his legs like that or anything. He's smart. He makes good decisions. He can still throw. Very accurate QB. And it's not going to cost them any. It's not going. It didn't cost them much. You see guys like the Packers. You pay Aaron Rodgers. You lose your top wide receivers. Second best best wide receiver in the league. Second best, whatever. It's interchangeable. You lose him, right? The Broncos have been able to pay Russell Wilson and keep majority of their team. I mean, it's a good move. They needed a quarterback to make their team very, very contenderish, like TK has said over the years. I mean, everybody's known. You give them a quarterback. They'll be cool. Now all their skill guys are healthy. Their defense, healthy. They have the team. It's just up to them to perform. They have a hard division, the hardest, but they got the team to compete there. And also, Tolu, Tolu, Tolu. How do you think Lamar feels? Seeing a guy that's like 10 times his age get more money than him. Man, it's not looking good over there. It's not looking good. But, hey, great deal. Great deal. And Lamac Jones Jackson is going to get his money next soon. Soon, hey. baby. Soon. That, that, we need to hear that last part. Sean? I get why everyone here is on board for it, but I do still have my reservations. The last two years, he's been a little disappointing. He's had some injuries. When he's been on the field, it always hasn't always looked great. A lot of that you could say is because of the situation. He was in a bad offensive line. Pete Carroll, who's an I believe is an overrated coach. And I even agree with that. I do think it would have been very hard for him to succeed in that situation. However, I would have liked to see him prove that it was the situation, that it wasn't him. Before I paid him, I would have liked to see him go out on the field win 10-plus games this year for the Denver Broncos, and then I'm willing to give him his big contract. But after the last two years, he, the injuries he's had, the struggles we've seen, his interception numbers have creeped up, his yards per attempt have gone down. I just would have liked to see some more from him, make sure that Russell Wilson is still Russell Wilson. And those two years were just because of a bad situation, not the beginning of a decline. Because if it is the beginning of a decline and the Denver Broncos have him pretty much are stuck with him for seven years. That's not a good situation to be in playing a quarterback for long-term, a ton of money, who's going down, who's declining. I'm not saying that's what it is, but if that is the scenario, it's not a good situation to be in. So I would have wanted to make sure that Russell Wilson can still ball out, still lead a team to the playoffs, and further than that before I paid him. But if I have to guess, I do think it'll work out. Uh, I do think 
that was a bad, terrible situation to be in. Seattle's offensive line was terrible. It got him injured. Pete Carroll's not a good coach. He needs to retire. So, yeah, I think Denver, he's going to have a great year this year in Denver. And I don't think they'll have to worry about the contract. But there's that small chance that it ends up going the wrong way. The words right out of my mouth, actually, Sean. Um, but, TK, this is your team. This is now your quarterback for the next seven years. What do you think of it? I have to agree with Trey and Tolu, bro. And here's why. Since Peyton Manning, bro, 11 different quarterbacks. And I'm not even going to read the list because I'm not going to go back to the list that Mr. PC, Mr. Trey, and Mr. Tolu used to troll me for in the earlier episodes. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're a new listener, go back to the older episodes and listen to some of the older podcasts. It's time. Exactly what we're talking about. It was a great list, man. It was a great list. It was a terrible list. It was a terrible list. But here's why. Here's why the only answer is yes, bro. That it was necessary and it needed to be done. All right, first of all, Sean, because you mentioned a decline, bro. There's no, there's no type of decline happening. His injury that he had last year was on his thumb, bro. It was a thumb injury. Before that, this man had never had an injury in the NFL in a 10-year span. That doesn't happen, bro. So he's a very, 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 he's a very, he's a quarterback that stays healthy on the field. Whenever you need Russell Wilson, he's going to be there. As far as the past two years thing, last year, like I tell you, I just mentioned, he had the injury with his thumb. He came back way too early and tried to finish the season and tried to make some type of comeback that it was just not going to happen. You mentioned the offensive line. It was the worst in the league last year. Actually, it's been the worst in the league for quite some years, actually, more than two plus years. Um, And then. Having to deal with Pete Carroll, I think we all agree he's a terrible coach. He's extremely overrated. I don't know how this guy still has a job in the NFL. There's some type of relationship going on with him and the owner that I just don't even want to know what's going on there. But, yeah, man, um, Pete Carroll stinks. He's a defensive-minded coach. I don't think anybody, Drew Locke, Geno Smith, nobody can succeed in a situation like that. And Russell Wilson being the type of uh, top 10 quarterback in the league could not even overcome that situation. Here's my thing, bro. I understand that this man has not stepped foot on the field yet, bro. But at the same time, I think we all need to we all need to remember one thing, bro. The price on quarterbacks is only going up every. It's why Lamar Jackson, why I totally mentioned him. It's why Lamar Jackson has not signed to do it yet. This man, Deshaun Watson, has completely ruined the market. And 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 I respect a guy like Lamar Jackson who's absolutely saying no, bro. I'm keeping my foot down. I want what I want, and I'm not changing my mind, bro. Still think he needs to get an agent though, but that's just me. I also like that we only guarantee him 165 million. I think that that's something that further down the road, when we try to add players, to, when we try to get players to come to this team, it leaves us it leaves us enough cap room to where we can resign players that we need to, and we can try to get some guys in there, some veterans in there, or, or whoever it may be. <clears throat> and plus, we also, bro, we gave up two first round picks, bro. Like, we gave up two first round picks. What two two seconds? I think like one third and whatever else, and, and and Shelby Harris and all the other guys that we gave up. So like we had to resign, we had to sign Russell Wilson now, bro. I'm just glad that honestly a guy like Russell Wilson and he said in his press conference that he wanted to make this a destination decision, bro. He wanted to sign a contract that was just friendly enough to where it worked out for him and it worked out for the organization, bro. And we also have the richest owner in the league, bro. So if he really needed to bang the buck, bro, he could have. But yeah, man, I like like Sean said to end this 
to, to end this part of the segment. I clearly agree. Anything can happen, bro. There's always that little bit of chance that something could happen, but I don't expect that to happen. And it's because of what I've seen from Russell Wilson being healthy. And the fact that it was only something minor, like his thumb, like I said last year, I'm not worried about his durability down the road. Um, I expect him to be just fine, bro. I expect us to be a 10 plus one team. Um, even when the decline happens, which I do, I expect, I expect, honestly, if I'm being realistic, I expect three to four more years of prime rust. I think at the age about 37, 38, is when a decline will happen. But I think Russell Wilson will only have to will only have two more years. And I think even Russell Wilson at a decline, I still think is we're still a playoff team with Russell Wilson even at a decline. Um, I think within this three to four years, though, we have to win a Super Bowl, bro. Because like I said, I think that's the prime years that we have of Russell. We we have to win a Super Bowl within the next three to four years. That's that's what I'm giving us. I don't expect much to happen this year, next year, but that third and fourth year, I expect us we have to win a Super Bowl. Um but yeah, man, I love the deal. Like I said, if it was something like Lamar, like not Lamar Jackson, but Deshaun Watson's deal, I'd be freaking out a little bit because that's way too much money for a guy that, like you said, bro, it's gonna decline at some point. <clears throat> um, but yeah, man, I expect big things from Russell from Russell Wilson. Broncos country, we're excited. I can speak for a lot of people, for a lot of Broncos fans that I know, we're excited, bro. Um, and the most things, like like Gianni said, the key word, stability. We haven't had that in six years since Peyton Manning left. We were signing a bunch of bums that we were trying to fill. We were trying to fill that place up. Peyton Manning, a guy like Russell Wilson, the top ten quarterback in the league, top seven for me. He can definitely fill that role that Peyton Manning filled. Now all he has to do, like I said, in the next three to four years, is go out there and win the Super Bowl, bro. Just get from now until then, just get us into the playoffs. That's all we need. That's all I'm looking for. I'm not expecting to win multiple playoff games or anything like that. But he has to at least get us to the playoffs this year, or or it's a huge failure. TK. What's up? Broncos country. Let's ride. Let's ride. Broncos country. Let's ride. How many well, times you watched that, bro? I know you watched Ruby it. Ruby like Rhodes. Let's ride. Did you wait? Did you guys see the TikTok version where, like, this dude, the one dude with, like, the Jerry Carl Afro? Sean, why'd you <laughs> pop up like that? Yeah, Sean, what the hell was that, bro? Well, was, I don't know what that was. This man hacking a cat, bro. <laughs> well, Broncos country, you can ride with Russell Wilson all the way to Seattle. That'll be the first week one matchup for the Broncos on Monday night football. We can't. Uh, so let's transition now into our new segment standard for the upcoming NFL season. I'm excited for this one, boys. So for all of our listeners, as you all know, um, we like to do a little bit of competitive things here on this podcast. And, well, um, it was actually Trey that came up with this idea to do this. We're calling it WHS Pick'em. And this is essentially where we pick out three games week by week, two locks, one upset, and whoever has the best record by the end of the season wins an awards. I don't think we've ever confirmed what the award should be. I know that we were agreeing on like a $20 gift card to our favorite spot. But trust me, there will be an award by the end of the season for the winner of WHS Pick'em. So, with that in mind, um, like I said, you have to pick three games, two locks, which is essentially two games where you think you know that both teams are winning, and one upset game. So, I guess I'll just uh, go from top bottom here. I'll start with TK. Uh, two locks and your upsets. You could possibly start off three and zero. 
Let's week start. one matchups. Week one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. So let's go with the Bills and Rams. Um, I'm going to go with the Bills. I think the Bills, I'm, I'm going to go with a lock for the Bills. I think the Bills got that one in the bag. Um, let's go with the Denver Broncos versus Seattle Seahawks. I think Denver Broncos, you can go ahead and lock that in the bag. As far as an upset, <clears throat> PC and Sean, man, <laughs> y'all really not going to like me for this one. But let's go with the Cowboys over the Bucks. All right. Let's go with the Cowboys over the Bucks. And the reason why I say this is simply because, look, man, I think that the Buccaneers are going to go in. First of all, I'm going to talk about Tom Brady first, actually. Whatever he had going on in the offseason that he missed 21 days, bro, I've read a lot of theories. Some people said he had COVID. Some people said, I mean, he came back looking super skinny. I mean, if you guys saw the memes about his face, like his face just looked super, super skinny. Like he didn't look like himself, bro. Like it looked like he lost like 20 pounds, dude. Like it looked really weird. I think that's going to, I think that's going to, that may affect him during that game one because he missed 21 days of practice, missed 21 days of training camp. And I think that that may affect Tom Brady just a little bit. Not to mention that the offensive line, bro. I mean, Man, it's going to be bad this year, bro. I think they lost three offensive linemen. I could be wrong. Two or three. I know it was somewhere around there. Three starters, and they were pretty good. So, um, yeah, man, let's go with the Cowboys over the Bucks, bro. I think let's go ahead and make that my upset for the week, PC. Uh-oh. All right. Um, I mean, they did face off last season in the season opener, and then they gave Tampa a run for their money. So, um, I, I guess I can't be too upset with that pick. Um, Sean, let's go to you now. Uh, two locks and an upset. So I definitely have my lock set. I know what I'm going with that. I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers over the Chicago Bears. That shouldn't be a close game. The 49ers, their defensive line versus the Chicago Bears offensive line, complete mismatch. Don't see that game being close. Oh, okay. Um, My other lock is going to be Tolu's Baltimore Ravens over the New York Jets. They're missing the starting quarterback. No Zach Wilson there. Have Joe Flacco starting. That I don't really see being much of a game. Uh, Baltimore Ravens are going to win by double digits. I'm struggling to find an upset. I was going to go with the Carolina Panthers over the Cleveland Browns, but the Carolina Panthers are actually favored, so I can't go with that one. Dang, this is tough. Okay, I think I have it. I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence under Doug Peterson, the new head coach, new staff, new everything. I think they're going to upset the Washington Commanders. You know, they've got... The Washington Commanders, they have some, their fair share of problems. Unfortunately, they're not starting running back, but guy who was in the mix for starting carries, uh, Brian Robinson, he's was shot, unfortunately, likely not going to be playing anytime soon. Uh, and they have some other issues going on. So, yeah, I'm going to go with that for my upset. The Jacksonville Jaguars over the Washington Commanders. PC drafted someone that got shot in the butt, by the way. Yeah, yeah fantasy league. He's still a great running back. He recovered already. Trey, since you want to speak up, give your picks. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My first lock is going to be the New Orleans Saints versus the Falcons. That's going to be a slaughter. It's going to. It's not going to be a good game for them. My second lock. I mean, I don't want to choose the same as Sean did, but don't care. I'm going to also go with the Ravens over the Jets. I mean, that's easy money right there. And then my upset, I'm going to go with the Arizona Cardinals over the Chiefs. No D-hop, no problem. That's going to be a very good game. It's going to be an underrated game. And I think that despite having DeAndre Hopkins missing, 
you still got Hollywood Brown, who has a whole bunch of chemistry with Kyler Murray. They were college standouts together. You have Rondell Moore, who will get in gear. They still have A.J. Green, Zach Ertz, Max, Wills, Max Williams. Their defense is not as good, but it's not sucky. It's going to be a real good game. It's going to be underrated. And I have the Carolina, I, can't remember, I have the Arizona Cardinals taking this W. That's going to be my upset. All right, now, Tolu? I'm picking my Ravens because you already know I have to root for my Ravens, even though they haven't paid Lamar yet. I already read enough about that, and it's still making me mad. So I'm picking the Ravens over the Jets. I swear to God, if we lose to the Jets, I'm going MIA. You guys will never see me here. I'll, I'm taking a two-week two weeks off if we lose to the Jets. That's all I'm going to say. So lock, Ravens, and Jets. Second lock, the Colts and the Texans. I'm thinking the Colts will blow the Texans out because the Texans stink. Nothing about the Texans are good right now. They got they drafted that one receiver, but pray to God he gets healthy. Forgot his name. I can't remember off the top of my head. But one, one upset that I think is going to happen, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to upset the Cincinnati Bengals because the Cincinnati Bengals are going to I think I I think George Pickens is going to go off that game. I just I just have faith in George Pickens. I don't I don't I hate the Steelers. I'm a Ravens fan. I'm not supposed to like the Steelers, but I think the Steelers are being severely underrated this year. I think they will upset the Cincinnati Bengals in week 1 because the Cincinnati Bengals are going to come off that Super Bowl you know, lackluster, whatever it's called. But, yeah, I think the, the Steelers are going to beat the Bengals on week one. Uh, Gianni? My lock, my first lock is going to be um, the Bucks over the Cowboys. I think the Bucks are going to blow them out. Um, I think the Cowboys this season are going to be pretty bad. And I don't think it's going to be that close of a game. My second lock is going to be um, the Broncos over the Seahawks. I think the Broncos are, are going to come out and go on a big lead, and the Seahawks are not going to be able to come back from it. And my upset of the week, I'm going to go same thing as Tolu, Pittsburgh over Cincinnati, because I've been thinking of that game uh, for the 1 o'clock slot, and I think Pittsburgh entering that game is going to shock everyone, and they're going to win in a close battle and upset them in Cincinnati. All right. So for my first lock for week one i think it's pretty obvious uh, i have the eagles over the lions it's gonna be in detroit you know but i mean we beat their butts last season in detroit um so i i expect us to have a pretty like convincing victory right there don't make that don't make that face ck um you know he'll make my upsell a whole lot easier to pick because i'm struggling with one right now my second lock you know what? Yeah, let's go with the Broncos over the Seahawks. Um, I saw the Seahawks um, in the preseason. I know it's preseason, but it, it just it didn't, it didn't look good. It didn't look good. You know, I know I sent a hot take, you know, a few like months back that, you know, maybe they have a shot at being the Broncos, but, you know, not not against not what I saw. There was nothing I saw in the preseason, preseason that makes me think that they're going to do enough to stifie or um stymie uh russell wilson in that offense yeah i think it's it's going to be it's going to be a pretty bad blowout um for well yeah i do open there and my upset my upset is actually going to be one that i think trey will really like i'm gonna go with the vikings over the packers 
Um, the Vikings, you know, they've had like games for the last few seasons against Green Bay where they just shot them out of nowhere. They won last season on a game wing field goal. Okay, this is the first game for new head coach uh, Kevin O'Connell. You know, so first impressions, you know, are good. And for Green Bay, I know it's Aaron Rodgers, and trust me, they'll be okay. But last season, everybody thought they were going to beat the Saints, and they ended up only posting three points. Um, So I don't think we see that exact situation here, but what I do think we see is kind of what we saw in the uh, upset last season. The Vikings just, they come out, they hit Green Bay in their jaws, and I think they do enough to pick up the victory and secure the upset. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be an upset this week. Uh, you can catch all of our predictions for week one in the new video that will be posted this week. Um, we have a couple of videos being posted this week as well, but uh, certainly this one will be one of them. So, um, yeah, stay tuned. WHS Pick'em week two for next week. Um Great pick. For right Great now. pick, you know what I'm saying? I, I I figured you would like that. I was really trying to look for another one, but you know what? Um, like Sean said, there just aren't many games here that I think, like, there are going to be teams that, like, shock the other ones. Like, maybe, maybe uh, Giants over Titans, you know, depending on how good Ryan Tannehill plays. Um, you know, I doubt. Seahawks give Broncos a run for their money. Same thing with the Lions and the Eagles. Um, I don't even think the Bears, you know, give the Niners a run for their money. So, not a lot of, not a lot of like, no squad upsets that can happen this week. Hey, man, Casey, I just want to say one thing. Go ahead, Trey. Go ahead, Trey. The only other upset that I was thinking of you could choose, I don't think it's going to happen. I hope it does, though. Patriots versus Dolphins week one. You know what I'm saying? Devontae Parker has been. I'm sure you will love that. I would. I'm love sure you will love that. I was gonna ask why you didn't pick that Trey. Because I. So I just have I just have one question. This is for everybody. I'm, well, besides PC, because we know how he feels. Am I really the only one that thinks that the Lions could upset the Eagles? Like, I'm the only. One <laughs> I'm with you, TK. I don't think it's gonna happen, but I think. Yeah, it's I don't either. I yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen, PC. Like, I love I the Lions. Guys to win. I love like, the Lions. If you guys, if you guys, you guys win, okay. I, I, hey, I love Dan Campbell too, but we whooped their butts <laughs> last season. I wouldn't pick it as an upset, but it wouldn't be one of my locks. Yeah, yeah. I, that's 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 the best way to put it. But we can move on. It'll be. I just want to say. Can we rest in peace to the, all of my Jalen Rager jokes? Like, I can't believe they found some way rest to trade Jalen Rager. It rest makes me piss. sick. Respect nah. Howie Roseman. You know what Howie Roseman did? Wait, Can wait, I just give, since we're on the topic, since we're on the topic, can we just give a quick, huge shout-out to the GM god, Howie hey, Roseman? Man, the fact that PC. he treated J.J. Arcega-Whiteside to Seattle to go and watch DK Metcalf play football. And then he proceeded to trade Jalen Rager to Minnesota to go and see Justin Jefferson play football. 
That man is playing chess, and the rest of y'all GMs are playing chess. Ah, so great, PC, but PC. nothing. If Jalen hurts, sticks it up. Did I not give? Did I not say Howie Roseman is a god, bro? In the chat. I, I mean, I, 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 I do, and I get. I, I mean, look, man. I, I gotta say, bro. This, I don't know. I don't understand how this man is making the moves that he's making for the players that he is making, bro. That, oh yeah, we got Trey Sermon too off waivers. Jalen hurts has. Absolutely no excuse. And I'm going to say this. Yeah. I'm going to say this, PC, because look, man. Right. For all the listeners, everybody knows I'm, I'm a new college football fan. And, and CJ Stroud is personally my favorite player in the, in the in college football. But look, let me tell you something. If you guys somehow manage, bro. So let's, say, let, let's just say Jalen Hurts stinks it up, right? And you guys get those, those, that, that pick. If CJ Stroud becomes an eagle, bro, all I'm saying is this. If the Eagles... Get CJ Stroud, and in the next two, three years, they win a Super Bowl. Do not be shocked. I think CJ Stroud is that special, bro. A generation, bro. Sean, I don't know why you're making that face. I think well, CJ Stroud <laughs> is that generational, bro. Yeah, if he TK. ends up on, listen, wait. If he ends up on the Eagles with the situations that they have, and Howie Roseman making the moves that he's continuing to make to only make the Eagles better, bro. I mean, I, I don't think I think the Eagles defense. Let's talk about that. I think it's going to be the top ten in the league this year, bro. Listen, I mean, the offense. You're going to get what you get from the offense. That defense is going to be special, man. It is going to be special. Wait, and I'm just saying, you plug from Georgia too. What's his name? That big dude. Yes, yes. And Jordan supposedly Davis. he's looked great in and training. the Kobe and supposedly, he, supposedly he's come off great from the from the surgery and everything. He looks good and everything. So that's just another piece that you can add to that. All I'm saying is this, bro. You guys get CJ Stroud because I think that's the move. I think Jalen Hurts is not going to be good enough, and I think you guys are going to look in the yeah. in the, no, in, in the draft to take Hurts a quarterback. It's Radrick. Well, I'm, Listen, I'm not. I'm, I'm not going is, to say anything bad about Jalen Hurts because course, he hasn't done course, anything to warrant that. But PC man, CJ Stroud. I'm just telling you, man. If that dude ends up on the Eagles, bro, and the Eagles win the Super Bowl within the next two to three years after they sign this dude, I'm just saying. That'd be great. Don't be shocked. I'm saying it right now for the, all that, the listeners. That'd be great. But you know what? Man. It's perfect. It's, it's funny. It's great. It's great that you bring up CJ Stroud, though, TK, because that is the perfect transition into our next segment. Uh, because our next segment is a new one. It is also another standard for the WHS podcast, boys and girls. Uh, so I mentioned, uh, we both mentioned, uh, you know, past couple of weeks, maybe we've been teasing a little bit, you know, just a few little appetizers here and there about, you know, college football talk being more into, implemented into the episodes. And uh, yeah, I think that's what we're doing. Sean, he's our college football guy. Okay. And for the next uh upcoming weeks as the season continues for college football you know not only him but we'll have a couple of guests here and there talk about the uh college football season as it stands right now uh in our cfb talk uh with him so i i mean first things first sean uh what what'd you think of, of first opening week just overall like if you had to sum it up all in one word what'd you think of it in one word, I'd go with sensational. Like, the this week was awesome. We had the upsets. We had the blowouts, which, yeah, obviously, not everyone loves blowouts, but it was just a great week to get back to college football, get back into the swing of things, seeing all the future NFL draft picks. This this weekend was so much fun. made a pretty questionable uh, take on how you felt about Georgia, man. I th- and, and for everybody on here, if I'm wrong, correct me. I think you said you don't even expect Georgia to make the playoffs this season bro after they just showed us how special they were last year and look i completely agree with some of the points that you made 
about, you know, the defense and, and a lot of, they lost a lot of their guys to the NFL and these things and everything, Sean. But, man, you saw what they did to Oregon, to, to PC's Oregon Ducks, bro. What do, you, what, what do you think about that? How do you feel about that? You still feel the same way? I am a man who can admit when I was wrong. And I was wrong about the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, I thought their offense last year, it, it struggled at times. Stetson Bennett looked pretty terrible. He looked like another Jake Fromm for them. I expected their defense to take a drop-off with all the additions that they lost into the NFL draft. And everyone that left, I thought, you know, it would take some time to get back to that level. Uh, and, yeah, I was 100% wrong. They, um, they looked like they were an NFL team, and Oregon was a high school team. They, this wasn't even close. This was a complete dominant performance by the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, their defense just looked, looked, yeah, looked just as good as it did last year. Maybe not as talented, but they had another year under the same coaching staff, the same everything. So it's there's more chemistry. There's more development. So, yeah, it just looks just as dominant as it did last year. The run defense, the pass defense, everything. And not only is their defense still elite, their offense looks even better, which that was the one problem with them. They had the defense. They had arguably the greatest defense in college football history, but they didn't have a quarterback. They didn't have an offense. Stetson Bennett, he's taken a jump. Uh, Stetson Bennett got a lot of jokes made about him last year, and deservingly so. He struggled. He held Georgia's back offense a ton last year. This year, he's not doing that. Um, against uh, the number 11-ranked Oregon defense, which has talent on it, he was lights out. He completed a ton of passes, was throwing balls deep, he was scoring touchdowns, doing everything. Uh, yeah, so I don't know what it is. I guess, yeah, like I said with the defense, um, just more chemistry, another year of coaching. He just needed some time with the number one offense, all the starters, to build something together. He needed that to be able to take the leap that he has now. And if he keeps playing like this, he could be the next in line of like the Joe Burrows, the Zach Wilson, who goes from complete nobodies, day three picks, to first round, top five, top ten overall NFL pick. So, yeah, I was very impressed by Georgia and specifically the quarterback, Stetson Bennett. He surprised me a lot this weekend. All right, and here's my second question for you. All right, so based off all the games that you were able to tune into and watch highlights of and everything, you know what I'm saying, Mr. College Football, that's that's what what I'm going to start calling you from now on, all right? If, let's just say, all right, that you had to, based on the games that you saw, like I said, from all the top players and everything, let's say that right now, if you had to select a Heisman winner, just based off week one, who would your Heisman winner be and why? Uh, it was very biased. For, for, for those of you not see. watching on video, I just moved a little bit to my right and pointed to my background. That includes QB1, AR15, Anthony Richardson. Um, do I think he's going to win the Heisman? No. But if we're just going off this week, uh, he was he had the most impressive quarterback showing. And quarterbacks tend to win the award, at least recently. We haven't seen a defensive player in a while. So, yeah, if we're just going out quarterbacks, like Bryce Young put up, I think, the best numbers out of everyone. But he was playing, I can't even remember who he was playing, but he was playing nobody. That's the point. Anthony Richardson beat Utah, the top seven ranked team. Uh, They were the Pac-12 champions last year. They were known for their defense. It's not like, oh, well, they were playing Oklahoma, who's ranked high because of their offense, so of course he's going to put up good numbers. No, Utah's known for their defense. They're supposed to have a great defense, a great secondary, and Anthony Richardson completely balled out against them. And not only did he ball, like, he's not on Alabama. He's not on Georgia. He's not filled with a bunch of five stars around him. His offensive line looked well, and the running game, largely due to him, performed well, but... He, just, he doesn't have five-star receivers all over the place. So the fact that without 
uh, as much talent as a Bryce Young or a C.J. Stroud. He still looked just as good against, uh, as them against way better competition. If I'm going for a week one Heisman winner, I got to go with Anthony Richardson. Not to be biased, but he's my pick as of right now. Or the QB1 who pulled out an impressive victory against Utah, might I add. You know, uh, I mean, Utah, quarterback uh, from Rising, I, I mean, he threw a very questionable pick at the end. Uh, I don't know what he was looking at there, but I know the TK, receiver who did fell, that but... interception remind you of? I can't, like, put my finger on it. it I, remind... I think I like, some I wanna... NFL quarterback. It, it, yeah. it was a very familiar play. I think he played for the Seahawks. I'm I think he sure, did, though. yeah. Uh, I think he might have been... At, like, the one-yard line or something. He had, like, Marshall Lynch. It was against Lynch the Patriots. The um, it's on the tip um, of my tongue. TK, can you help us out Malcolm here? Butler. Yeah, yeah. Help us out to Garth. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he threw it to oh, Malcolm oh, Butler. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, uh, Matt Jones. Matt Jones. Jones. <laughs> no, Matt Jones wasn't in the league yet. I believe it was I don't Russell think he Wilson, was in the league yet. No, no, no. The no, current no. Broncos oh, quarterback. That's what was, Sean. That's what Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, yes. Russell yes, yes. Wilson. This play was very familiar to Russell Wilson. Throwing the pick yeah. in the zero to Malcolm Butler. <laughs> well, Thank I you. mean, I... Outside, outside of uh, the impressive showing from from Florida in the upset in the swamp uh, against the Utes, um, you know we had like like you mentioned, Sean, it was a sensational week one. It showed why we all love college football. Uh, it saw Appalachian State of all teams give Penn's New, uh, North Carolina Tar Heels damn near a heart attack um, as they almost uh, pulled off an upset of monumentous proportions. Uh, we also saw a picture perfect finish in the bayou with lsu and brian kelly's first game uh, against that team so i just have one question really in the ap top 25 you know of all the games that you watch which team do you think is looking like uh you know they're on fraud watch right now so in the top 25 i have some teams that i know is going to be rising into the top 25 if we're talking about teams going out falling down the two that comes to my mind. I'm not even going to say a team. I'm going to say a conference. The Pac-12 did not look good this weekend. Mostly the two teams at the top between Oregon, who got destroyed by Georgia, and Utah, who, as we've said, got upset by an unranked Florida Gators squad with not a lot of talent on their team outside of the quarterback position. Uh, so, yeah, the Pac-12, they had uh, – did they have a playoff team last year? No, I don't – no, no, Cincinnati was the fourth seed. So, no, they didn't have a playoff seed last year. But a lot of people picked Utah and maybe even, like, um, USC, uh, Oregon. All of them are rumored to possibly – not rumored, but projected to possibly secure a playoff spot. That's not looking very well. I will say USC looked good. They didn't really play anybody, but they had a good performance. Their defense walled out. They had multiple pick sixes. Uh, Caleb Williams looked good. Um so yeah, I would say I'm I'm not taking them out yet, but the other the other Pac-12 teams, it's not looking great for them. I definitely think we're in for a bit of a fall from Utah and Oregon. All right, interesting because I know I have an array of college football teams. Oregon, you know, I, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't even know who the starting quarterback was until I found out it was Bo Nix of all people. I don't even know when he got transferred from Auburn to Oregon. Um, you know, in Dan Lang's first game. As head coach there, you know, it did not go as planned, of course. Um, but I, I think um, out of all the here's another question uh, out of all the coaches that made their uh, debut. You had Dan Lanning, you had Marcus Freeman, you had Lane Kiffin. Um, you know, which one do you think impressed you the most? 
Ah, uh, Billy Napier. I should I should have figured. I should have figured. <laughs> I should have figured. He's a floor head coach. You know, bias, bias. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm trying not to be biased. But when you go with, like, who was the most impressive, it was the unranked team that's coming. That's the head coach of a team that was coming off a disastrous year. They started off well, but then they lost six of their last nine games. Uh, Dan Mellon had no idea who what he was doing, had no idea who he was playing, had Anthony Richardson, who, as we saw, balled out, rotting on the bench 99% of the year. Damian Pierce, who's earned the Texans' RB1 job, he wasn't getting enough touches. So, yeah, Dan Mullen was a complete mess. He didn't know he's a great recruiter, a great offensive mind, but when it comes to being the entire package of a head coach, he just doesn't have it all together. Billy Napier came in here. A lot of people was thinking LSU, they got the big hire from Notre Dame head coach. But, um, no, it wasn't them because we saw they looked embarrassing against an absolutely atrocious FSU squad. Lee, if you're listening to this, no. F- Stop trying to hype up FSU because you lost them. FSU is terrible. They've been terrible forever. They're going to continue to be terrible. This was not a great win by FSU. That's the beginning of something special. No, that's not what it was at all. It was an embarrassment from LSU. An absolutely atrocious game. They deserve the wide receiver, the QB, the offensive line, the head coach. They all deserve to be slandered. Uh, it was just a disgusting performance from them. So, no, it's definitely not the LSU head coach. Yeah, uh, he, despite him being the most probably hyped up, not rookie coach, but new coach to a team. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be Billy Napier from University of Louisiana Lafayette, I believe. That's where we got him from. Uh, yeah, beating a top 10 team as an unranked, not a lot of talent on that roster. The secondary struggled. The defensive line was getting moved around a little bit. But between him and Anthony Richardson, they did enough to pull out a win. And a huge win at that. All right. Well, um, so, Sean, we'll see wait, you I got one more question for him. So, Sean, I mean, I mean, we, 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 before we end, I mean, first of all, great job, bro. I just want to say that, BC. I mean, I think we need to get this man props. That was, that was great, bro. Great, great. We're gonna, this is going to blow. This is going to blow up, bro. But here's my question, all right? And then we can move on, BC. I mean, I feel like you want to say it. So, I mean, I'm, I'll ask it. The Gators, the Gators going to be a top 25 team this week on, on, on the top 25? Oh, for sure. You know? That's not your question. You beat a top 10 team, you're getting what? put in the top 25. Okay. okay. So, second part to that question. Where do you have them? Number 25, number 21? That's a little low, I think, me personally. I'm not going to wow. put us in the top 10. I definitely don't think we're going to rise, go from unranked to top 10. But this isn't um, like Cincinnati beating a big school. This is Florida. So, like, there are a lot of doubters because of the previous season. But they are still a big school. They beat a top 10 team. They clearly have a superstar quarterback. So I do think the voters are going to show us some respect. I think we're going to be top 20, possibly even top 15. But if I'm going somewhere, I'll go 17. That's going to be my prediction for where Florida ends up in the next week's top 25 rankings. Well. Uh, the rankings do come out, I believe it's either tomorrow or Wednesday. So uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, where Florida stands. Get ready for next week, for week two. Uh, we have some pretty exciting matchups. Alabama taking on Texas, I believe the first time ever. Not entirely, don't confirm me on that. Uh, we also have um, Penn State, Tolu's uh, Alamala right here taking on Ohio. Um, and then the primetime slot on ABC It'll be number 14, USC, taking on rival Stanford. Uh, so plenty of fresh matchups to look forward to for next week. And don't forget to mention, not necessarily a big matchup in the scheme of who's going to make the playoffs in college football, who's going to be the contenders this year. But if you're into the draft and you're looking for a quarterback, 
two of the top QB prospects, Anthony Richardson of Florida and Will Levis of Kentucky. They're matching up this week. It's going to be a huge game, and it's going to mean a lot for depending on who's going to rise in the QB rankings, who has the better chance of rising to possibly that number one pick, but at least in a top five range. Positioning matters. Your team record matters. Thank you, Sean, for this first ever edition of CFB Talk. So now... It's time to transition into technically our, our second individual segment of the night. Uh, it's time to recap a little bit of wrestling, boys and girls. It has been a fantastic week for pro wrestling. And, uh, yeah, there's definitely some controversy that we have to speak on. It's time for Off the Top Rope with your boys, PC and Trey. So, Trey, like I mentioned, we had Clash at the Castle Saturday. We had Worlds Collide Sunday afternoon. And all outs on Sunday night, the return of somebody pretty significant and a huge controversial shoot media scrum dilemma in AEW. It's a mess. Um, but we would be here all night if we were talking about all that. So we're going to condense this down as best as we can, not only for ourselves, but for everybody else on this podcast. We're not just, you know, having them just sit here and talk about you know wrestling uh so we are choosing not choosing you've heard it before it's the five minute squash and we will be going down the list of uh clash at the castle results as well excuse me as all outs results um there was plenty to talk about we're going to start with clash at the castle um because it was the first wwe uh premium live event in uh, international territories for the first time in 30 years. So I think it, it's safe to say that this uh, this crowd was very ready to uh, have a uh, event. It was in Cardiff, Wales, Principality Stadium. Okay, yeah, here we go. Five minutes squash. Starting with the opening matchup, it was the six-woman tag, Team Face versus Team Hill, Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, with Asuka and Alexa Bliss taking on Damage Control, Bailey, Eosky, Dakota Kai. They came out. They had a new theme song as well. Uh, did you like the theme song, Trey, just as a heads up? I, I don't really know how I feel about it. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought it was kind of mid. It's whatever. It's whatever. Well, it did see, for the first time in a long time, Bianca Belair get pinned. It was none other by Bailey. Uh, who's coming after that Raw Women's Championship. Uh, it did take a rosebud, uh, excuse me, a rose plant, as well as a moonsault and a, uh, you know, flip around haluba kick to the highest finisher to take her down. But it did see damage control pick up the victory. And we transition into the next match. Yes, sir. So next one, we got the Intercontinental title match between Gunther and Sheamus and... Man, PC, like you said, surprise in return. It's pretty good. You know, Imperium is back. Uh, it mean, it was a great match. Uh, it started off as a squash. It was looking like Gunther. He was in complete control. But then Sheamus got together. It was very physical, very brutal. It lived up to standards. Match of the night candidate for the night. But it seemed Gunther picking up the W, of course. Tom win with a devastating lariat. I mean... Gunther is one of the best wrestlers in the world, and Sheamus got the same ovation as he should uh, after the match. Can't wait to see the developments there on SmackDown. 
All right, next match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Lip Morgan, champion, took on Shayna Baszler. And honestly, I was one of those people that were like, yeah, Lip needs to win clean here to cement herself as a serious threat. And lo and behold, that did actually happen. It actually saw Lip Morgan learning from her mistakes throughout the match, and she ended up picking up the victory in the end. Clean victory, by the way. Um, and she debated Shayna Baszler to retain her title which I think is a good thing. Liv really needed that. Uh, so we'll go to the next match here. Anyways. Next I know match. you love the trip. I didn't. Anyways, we have Rey Mysterio and Edge taking on the Judgment Day. And might I tell you, I had the Judgment Day winning this. I thought they would win, but, I mean, you got two Hall of Famers in Edge and Rey Mysterio whose career is coming to an end very pretty quickly. So I'm not mad that they picked up the W. I uh, saw Rey Mysterio hitting a 619 and then Edge hitting a spear. And also Edge hit a 619 too. That was pretty cool to see. I like that. But of course, Edge and Rey, the, the faces, they pick up the W. And you've seen Dominic Mysterio turn on Edge and his father now with the Judgment Day PC. I do believe you called that happening weeks ago. Yeah. Great night. It was... Cool to see Dom showing a little bit of edginess, finally. Uh, speaking of edginess, though, this next match was a blood feud. Seth Rollins taking on Matt Riddle um, in a very personal matchup. Um, and Seth Rollins, he came up dressed like a phoenix while Riddle challenged his hair, Patrick Starr. Um, but it did see uh, Rollins use Riddle's anger to his advantage. Him with a curb sum towards the end and him with a middle rope curb stomp to pick up the victory. I don't think this rivalry is over quite yet, though, Trey, um, because there's still plenty to talk about. But then we had to get to the main event, of course. One that rest we're waiting for. Hi, yes, sir. The main event. Great main event, PC. Great main event. Drew McIntyre feeding off the whole entire crowd. I mean, they were pulling behind him from the moment his music hit to the end of the match. I don't ever, I never think, I mean, I don't ever think I heard a crowd that behind one person in a long time. Wales, you definitely, you guys got a great wrestling crowd. Uh, Drew McIntyre had to hit three Claymores on um, Roman Reigns and it still wasn't enough. Solo Sokoa comes up under the ring, pulls the ref down, and then allows... Um, allows Roman Reigns to recover. Roman Reigns, he hits a spear on uh, McIntyre for like the second time, I believe. He had two spears and like three um, Superman punches. Finally got the win. It was a great match. And now that we get to see Solo Sokoa on the main roster, man, the bloodline. Just when you think it's over with for them, they always find something new to stick around, PC. SmackDown, very interesting. Very interesting. It's just as we thought the bloodline would get weaker. They just got stronger, and now they look their strongest at full health with Solo Sokoa, the third Uso brother by their side. Future, um, I Well, hopefully, hopefully. Um, I, I, I like Solo Sokoa. Uh, just as a pre-show match, there was only one uh, to mention. Uh, it was the team of Madcap Moss and Street Profits to being Money and Bank winner Austin Theory. Yes, he got his Austin back. And uh, the Alpha Academy's uh, Otis and Chad Gable. 
Um, but overall, quality over quantity uh, for Clash at the Castle. Um, it was a wonderful show. Uh, it was a bit decisive with how the ending of the show went. Um, but I think they just really want to send the crowd happy um, with the result of the match. And, um, you know, I think they had that with Drew McIntyre and Tyson Fury singing, what was it, a Sweet Caroline at the end uh, to, yeah. to a Wales crowd. I, 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 yeah, I mean, whatever works, whatever makes the crowd happy. Um, but overall, I, I think we can agree this was a wonderful event um, for WWE. And Fallout 4 is just going to be beautiful. Uh, so now we have to get into Sunday night, all out 2022. And this was an event that uh, had a lot of matches on the cards. Um, but you know what? I, I think the results of a lot of these matches, um, you know, they played the role into something even bigger that was going to happen, uh, not just in the main event, but after the show as well. So. Let's start. Put my five minutes back onto the clock for this five minute squash. Here we go. Uh, the casino ladder match. It saw the participants being Ray Phoenix, Wheeler Utah, Dante Martin, uh, Rush, Andre El, uh, El Idolo, Claudio Castanoli, um, Pento Oscuro, and the Joker. And the Joker uh, was someone that we all knew, but we didn't know because all we saw was Stokely Hathaway and the people he's been recruiting for the last few weeks attack all the participants in the match. So the Joker, who came out to a Rolling Stones saw uh, sympathy for the devil, he handed the Joker the chip, and he wouldn't reveal his name. He wouldn't un, uh, unmask himself. But of course, we wouldn't know who it is in the main event. Trust me, we'll get to that. All right, next match on the list, we have the Elite taking on the or the Dark Order, the triple tag match. And might I say, PC, I don't know about, well, I think I would know how you felt about it. I was pretty surprised seeing the Elite pick up the W here. I thought they would have gave it to the Dark Order, but I'm not mad at it. Kenny Omega returns. You put a championship belt on that man. He's must see TV. So I'm not too mad about it. Surprised, but not mad at all. Disappointed, but not surprised. I like Dark War a lot, okay? Sue me. Next matchup, though, Jay Cargill defending her TBS championship against Athena. Jay Cargill, I'm sorry, Mother Cargill, uh, she came out cosplaying as She-Hulk, and uh, yeah, you can only imagine um, just how much of a mark I was being in that moment. It did see her uh, pick up the victory as well. She improves to 37-0. and um, She hasn't lost yet. And that's a crazy thought to hear. It was kind of a sloppy match, but um, Jay Cargill, she reigns supreme. We'll go to the next match, though. Speaking of reigns supreme, she's like the woman's Roman Reigns over there in AEW right now. Sue me. Don't care. Anyways, next match on here, we have FTR and Wardlow versus Jay Lethal and MCMG. And might I say, to the surprise of nobody, FTR picks up this W. Man, those guys are drifting gold. Literally drifting gold. Must see TV with them too. Seven star FTR. Even saw Dak, uh, Dak the X Harwood's daughter, eight year old daughter, come out at the end uh, to, you know, just play along and, you know, pin Sanjay Dutts and, you know, a wonderful moment. It was cool to see. 
Um, next matchup, though, Ricky Sarks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. This was a match that I was really excited to see, but because of the length of the pay-per-view, it kind of got lost in the shuffle, and it did see Powerhouse Hobbs pick up the victory. Um, I don't think this rivalry is over, um, but it just it was too quick for my liking, and it didn't get the time that it deserved, that it earned. Um, so I don't think this rivalry is quite over yet. But we have to get to the next match, which was a banger. Yes, sir. You already know how I feel. Swerve in our glory versus the acclaimed. Man, acclaimed, great wrestling tag team right there, but you're not ready yet, kids. You're just not ready yet. Swerve in our glory, they're going to have themselves a lengthy, long run with the titles. And if we seen them picking up the W last night, you know what I'm saying? A little bit acting like heels in there, but who doesn't like a great heel, especially when you have Keith Lee and Swerve? So good match for them. Great match. Max Caster, Anthony Bowens, you two are over. Never forget that, though. Uh, the next match, it was the fatal four-way to determine the interim AEW Women's Champion, uh, Britt Baker, excuse me, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Had to include the doctor at the beginning of her name. Taking on Jamie Hayter, Carl Shida, and Tony Storm in a fatal four-way match. And did see Tony Storm become the new interim AEW Women's Champion. Um and it was a solid match. I think everybody was happy that it just wasn't uh, Baker picking up the victory. Um, and yeah, I guess we're going to get Tony Storm versus Thunder Rosa sooner or later down the road when Rosa returns from her injury. Yes, sir. Next match on the list, we got Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy. And I should also say I'm surprised with the decision here on their booking. Uh, Christian Cage, he picked up the W, but I don't know about, well, I'm sure you agree. Jungle Boy should have won this. I don't understand why Christian Cage was put over here, but I mean, hey, whatever. You know, terrible match, though. Terrible match. It felt like a cop out just having Luchasaurus, you know, be a heel and, and or turn heel on Jungle Boy once again. You know, that completely diminishes like him turning on Christian in the first place, or maybe Christian is the mastermind that we all should have been paying attention to. He did come out to the worked everyone shirt. Uh, so I don't know, but the next matchup, uh, Brian Danielson, American dragon taking on Lionheart, Chris Jericho. Uh, this was a match that I think was deflated by the match before it, but, um, you can't go wrong with these two. It was a fun match, obviously. And it did see Chris Jericho pick up the victory through cheating means, but he did pick up the victory. Daniel Garcia did not like that, however. He's going to have to pay for his sins this Wednesday on Dynamite. Next match on the list, we got the House of Black versus Sting, Darby Allin, and Myro. And might I tell you, great match in my opinion. I mean, if we seen... Darby Allen, Sting, and Myro picking up the victory. I'm not mad about it at all. I mean, that's a great team right there, especially Darby Allen and Sting. Great duo right there. And then you add the compliments of Myro being an accomplished wrestler. We all know who he is. I don't have any complaints about that match at all. Not at all. Um, and then we have the main events. John Moxley versus CM Punk for the AEW World title. And CM Punk in Chicago, main events. I think we all know where this was heading, unfortunately. Sorry for Mox, but I did see CM Punk pick up the victory, hit the GTS. He is the new world champion. Um, but that wasn't the storyline 
that we came out that wasn't the thing that everybody was talking about of course it was the joker that proceeded to come out afterwards and yeah it's the return of the devil himself maxwell jacob freeman mjf is back in AEW, and he got a pop from chicago he got cheers from a chicago crowd over cm punk and man oh man the the media scrum that happened afterwards too with punk shooting on the evps of aw essentially telling tony khan to to you know shut the heck up um you know during his press conference where he was going off about scott hansen aka colt cabana and their relationship um it was just an ugly look um it has been reported by fightful that ace steel and CM Punk were in a physical altercation with the EVPs, Kenny Omega, um, and Madnick Jackson, the Young Bucks. It turned ugly. Um, it saw, you know, Kenny Omega allegedly biting Ace Steel to, you know, knock out Nick Jackson. It, it was, it's not good. It's not good. I don't think this is a work either. From what it, I it's, Twitter, it's a mess. It's a mess. And, I think the best way to describe this situation, um, somebody described it as TK being the principal of a school full of students that he cannot control. Um, Tony Khan, I, I mean, some of the stuff that, you know, CM Punk gets away with, I, I just, this can't keep going on. Like, it, it simply can't. Like, if you want AEW to be successful for the next five to ten years you want it to be around in the next five to ten years you have to cut the cancer out of your company um and all these like things all these clips of of promos in wwe that we keep seeing of you know john cena and triple h talking about cm punk and what he actually wants i mean he is making mjf look like the most empathetic baby face in the world and mjf is a complete prick at the core he's the devil himself literally said it he's the devil himself and he's making him look like an empathetic baby face with some of the stuff that he's doing off screen and his frustrations with everybody else with evps of AEW and with hangman am page it all came to a head um in, in that media scrum and that's how all out ended at how the weekend ended for for pro wrestling in um it, i don't know about you trey but i i don't know i don't know about aw man i i i, I want I, them to be successful but this what's been going on right then it's just it's not it it's not it let's just say Tony Khan better take control of his company. People could say a lot of things about Vince McMahon, but he wouldn't let no stuff like this happen. I think we all agree on that. Vince McMahon kept the people that worked for him in order, and it's like, if you don't like it, you leave, and he'll replace you like that. So, Tony Khan, you better figure out what you're going to do, man, because the way WWE is looking right now, you're going to lose a lot of revenue. A lot of revenue. And, you know, Tony Khan is the man that I think Everybody agrees that he has he has a pretty unlimited wallet, okay? So it's not like he can't throw money at other big-name stars that he can insert into CM Punk's, like, position. You know, we were 
you know, there have been plenty of like wrestlers and, and representatives from wrestling to, you know, speak on CM Punk and, you know, how this experiment will work. And um, Punk, like the nostalgia pop first return was great. But ever since then, it's like every single time, like every other week, this guy's in another like work shoot situation. And that's not healthy. Like working, like making your fans think something is a work or a shoot or not every single week just simply isn't healthy. Um, it, it just, it's unfortunate. It's an unfortunate situation. Uh, but we'll have to see how it all unfolds. Uh, we'll catch you next week on OTTR um, as Trey is over there making heart eyes at, at Braun Strowman's return to WWE. Um, and I'm raw. Okay. I mean, what better way to bring back the monster other than clearing out eight men at once? Oh my god! Next, yeah, w- I'm sure. I'm sure you loved it. Next yeah, we'll have to wait and see on that one, but but that's it for OTTR this week. I'm PC. That's Trey. We're gonna get back to the main podcast now. Uh, we have to get now into our favorite times of the week. You know what time it is? It's time for our crew member hot takes, ladies and gentlemen. And, of course, we have to get to our WHS fan hot take of the week first. If you want to send your submissions for the episode this week, all you have to do is DM us on our podcast socials or even our personal socials, um, and we'll pick the best one for the episode, and we'll play it. So hopefully this next one will be as egregious as last week's was. I'm going to play it right now. What is good, everyone? This is Nathan Orn down here in Miami, Florida. We are repping the Dallas Cowboys and the Lakers. No, I am not a bandwagon. And this is the WHS fan hot take of the week. Listen, Matt Ryan's and the Indiana Colts, they will win the Super Bowl. Here's why. Matt Ryan's coming into a situation from last year that was terrible. They had no offensive line, no weapons, and no run game. Now, the Indiana, Indiana Colts, they have that for him. That it will allow a lot of play actions for him to excel here. Matt Ryan hasn't been as good and as in his prime as he should have been, but that has a lot to do with the Falcons because of those terrible weapons, terrible run games, and terrible offensive line. Now we have Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, and a great off- off- offensive game. Matt Ryan, he will have no problems with that. I think with this team, they will get to the Super Bowl. Sorry, he kept saying in the end. Is this, did you get a bot? So, Lou, be honest. Is this guy a bot or something, no, bro? No, no, this is a real person. This is my boy, Nate. He's a real person. You know, Absolutely when he started talking at first, I thought that was TK trolling, bro. I thought that was TK oh. trolling at first when he started talking. Because he said down, do he said down here in Miami, do Florida. No, no, he bro. said in Miami, Florida. I did Florida. nothing wrong. No, 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 no. I, I just said so, All right, so, here, all right, so anyways. I thought he was trolling. Anyways, that's part right. of the take, bro. That, again, man, it's like every week. It's it's like the people that get sent in. It's like you guys are trying to Y'all talk for worst take for worst take. Because, like, bro. Y'all are killing us. I can understand if you said you expect them to make the playoffs or maybe even win a game in the playoffs. But to say they're going to win the Super Bowl. So you think they're going to be teams like the Ravens, teams like the Broncos, teams like the Chiefs. Teams like the 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 who am, who am I missing? PC, go ahead and throw some bills. names. Bills. The Bills, Dolphins, Dolphins. Ravens, Chargers, Chargers, the Chargers. Like, come on, man, stop it, stop it, stop this it. This is not stop. all right. Listen, I'm willing to admit 
Matt Ryan is an upgrade over Carson Wentz for the Colts, but for goodness sake, that is not an upgrade good enough to get you a Super cooked, Bowl. By the way, his like, arm toast. His arm is so cooked. This is an atrocious That's take. This is, Matt Ryan's playoffs career success, it's done. Uh, it's over with. He had it in Atlanta with his arm, with the strength he has left, the very little strength he has left in it, he's never winning another playoff game. And one thing this, about this the thing. postseason, you got to do more than just run the ball. Because if that was the case, Derrick Henry and the Titans would have made it to the Super Bowl. You've seen how they got shut down. Jonathan Taylor, you're a great running back, but you're not going to be able to carry the load. I mean, you couldn't I, even carry it to get into the playoffs versus the Jaguars last year, my guy. So it's not There's happening. a better I, chance the Colts I, miss the playoffs then even make the – I'm not even going to say make the two of them. There's a better chance they miss the playoffs and make the AFC championship game. This is absolutely yeah. not happening. At, at best, like at the very best, maybe, that's a big maybe, the AFC championship game because of the current success that their rival, the Titans, had with Derrick Henry as their number one option. But at the Super Bowl, that, that's pushing it, really pushing it. Uh, that's – that's definitely a hot take, though. We, what I said, we, we do like them hot. Um, that's burnt. Yeah, that might be that. I think that might be burnt, though. Um, <laughs> but well, let's get to our crew member hot takes. Uh, let's go with uh, TK first for hot takes this week. All right, so I'm going to make an NFL hot take this week. All right. Here's going to be my hot take for the week. The NFL record for a rod receiver in a season for touchdown catches is 23. I think this year that record will be broken. And the wide receiver that is going to break that record, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be A.J. Brown. It's like, nah. I think <laughs> it's going to be Justin Jefferson, bro. Mm-hmm. I think Justin Jefferson is going to, I think Justin Jefferson is going to break the record which is 23, I think it was set by Randy Moss when he played for the Patriots, right? Trey? I think he. I think it was the year he played for the Patriots that Randy Moss broke the record. But I expect, I'm, I, I think Justin Jefferson will get 24, 25 touchdown catches this year. And I understand that records like this, you feel me, they don't tend to get broken a lot. But records are meant to be broken. And I just think Justin Jefferson is going to show everybody that he really is the best wide receiver this year. But that, like I said in my take, I think three weeks ago, Justin Jefferson will eventually be the best wide receiver in the NFL. In the NFL. <clears throat> and I mistakenly didn't have him in my top five. And I apologize for that last week. I told you guys I was wrong. But I, yeah, personally, I think Justin Jefferson is going to have 24, 25 touchdown catches, break Randy Moss's record, and become the best wide receiver in the NFL officially. TK, bro. After not being top five, that is crazy. TK, bro, I get. I did say that you Justin Jefferson was going to get us the last two weeks, bro. You picked him in hey, like man. three fantasy leagues. You're obsessed. Hey, man. But this, hey, is, man. A, look, look. this is a new level of obsession. Look. With the way that the Vikings all, are structured, look. he's not breaking this record because they still have top five running back Dalvin Cook. So, I mean, True. if they didn't okay. have a run okay. game, I'd see that. But. But, Trey, okay. Okay, I understand that you said that, but can we all? I mean, first of all, Dalvin Cook. I mean, he's not playing the full seventeen games this season. I think we can Even all agree. When he doesn't, their backup running oh, back is still a running back. One Madison, yeah, Madison, team. Madison is pretty good. Madison is pretty Holy, good. Are you good, listen, bro? No, he's not good. Yeah, like what are you? He's not doing, good. He's bro. Doing that all night, bro. <laughs> what? Yeah. 
Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I didn't want to cut you yeah, off, so, TK, but so, golly. Yeah. So here's my thing, Trey, as far as what you said. I'm glad you said it. Here's my thing. Kirk Cousins is under – it's his last year, right? He just signed that extension for one year, right? So he has one more year. I personally think this year with who, – who's – I, I can't remember the new coaches. Uh, I, I think it's Kevin O'Connell. Is that his name? I think so, so Kevin O'Connell. Offensive mind, a lot different from a guy like Mike Zimmer. I personally think that a guy like Kevin O'Connell is going to let a guy like Kirk Cousins cook. I mean, Kirk Cousins, I think he's – I think Kirk Cousins is one of the most disrespected players in the NFL, bro. For – for and some of the criticism that he gets, I understand. But I think a lot – most of it is just by a bunch of casuals that don't know anything about football or don't know anything about the quarterback position. But as far as that, I think that – honestly, I think Kevin O'Connell is going to let – is going to let a guy like Kirk Cousins cook, let him prove himself that he can throw maybe 35. I say, yeah, I think 35. I'll stop there because I think anything above 35 for Kirk Cousins is pushing it. But I'm just saying, there's not a lot of options on that office as far as wide receiver. I understand Thielen, Adam Thielen, but I mean, bro, he's, a, he's, he's in his 30s, and each year he, he's only been declining. Like he's not the he's guy that he's still nice. He's Stop not, it. He's okay. Yes, he he's owns okay. the Packers. He's That's all that matters. Okay, but he's, he's been dealing okay. with injuries. He's in his thirties. So this is, I mean, this is this is Jetta's team, right? Like this is beyond 100. He, he he's the franchise player <laughs> definitely right now Jettis until team. they get a real quarterback. It's so with Jettis that being team. said, man, I think I just think Kirk Cousins and and, and with the I'm just saying Kirk Cousins and, and, and Jettas, bro. I just I'm just saying, bro, they're gonna be a top. They're gonna be a team to watch, bro. And I'm not saying anything crazy like this man Trey, who's saying they're gonna they're gonna freaking go like far in the playoffs and and beat the Packers and all this ish. I'm just saying. I never said be one they of the most far in the playoffs, but they're gonna make it. They're gonna be number bro, one in their division. You said no, court. they're not. Bet you a dollar. Bro, bet you a dollar. Stop. Bet you a dollar. <laughs> and you're gonna lose a dollar. Oh, yeah, we, can, dollar. we can move on, bro. We can move on. Always back. a dollar with this guy. Uh, let's go with Trey next, actually, for your hot sake. Ah, PC, I'm having a great week. Great weekend. Been eating good all weekend, and I'm eating good again. Because what I just heard on Monday Night Raw, Braun Strowman will be at SmackDown. So he's not just on one roster yet. This is great, baby. This is great. The monster just laid waste in Kansas City tonight. He's going to lay waste on Friday Night SmackDown. No, this is worse, bro. No, CYN's about to take over SmackDown, not bro. First. Do you understand how horrible this is? SmackDown, baby. And where my hot take is, real quick, Braun Strowman is going to jump to the top of the contender rankings and be number one contender for the unified tag, not tag, for the unified titles, bro. Drew McIntyre, you had your chance. Seth Rollins, it looks like he's getting a chance, but the way they've been playing with him, he's not going to get another chance no time soon. Braun Strowman is back for vengeance, and A, I'm all for it. The monster of all monsters has returned, baby. This is great. This is great. Has the, has the Attitude Era returned to WWE yet, or are they still, like, working that out? Not yet. Still Not working yet. it out. Well, righty. Um, I'm not going to warn that that hot take with the response. Uh, I'm gonna just going to just hold it. What, what did Spooky say? I own you. You owe me apology. Actually. You own nothing. You owe me you an owe apology. Nothing. You do. You owe I don't apology. have to apologize for anything. Because it's just, it's just I sad said, that you know. You Strowman think, you think that Braun Strowman. He was. He you think Trey? I said he's coming back. I want my apology. You think that Braun Strowman? Yes. Deserves to beat Roman Reigns. Yes. 
Braun Strowman deserves to beat anyone in his path. Tolu, get your outtake. The monster among men will beat him. Okay, anyways, my hot take has nothing. My hot take, I have two hot takes, and they're both Ohio State. Okay, Ohio State, you know, Ohio State, you know, they're, they've been a good, they're a good football. They're mostly known as a football, football program. Everyone knows them to be more of a football program. But their basketball program has it's been pretty mediocre. I mean, the only person you can name out of Ohio State from basketball is D'Angelo Russell. That's their last good, decent player they've had in Ohio State. So my hot take is Bronny James is going to go to Ohio State and Ohio State basketball will be a will be a show again. Ohio that the stadiums will be packed. Everyone will go see Bronny play every single day because LeBron James is going to be in the stands for most of the games. It's going to be buzzing. Everyone is going to be the, the seats are going to be Filled. Ohio State basketball will be great again. It's not going to be mediocre. It's going to be, it's not going to be, oh, it's a football school. It's a football school. Bronny James is going to put Ohio State basketball on top. You see, you saw Bronny James throw up the OHIO. You saw LeBron wearing the, wearing, the, wearing the Ohio State jacket. Ohio State will be great again once Bronny commits to Ohio State. And you know LeBron has a crib, a fucking mansion right down the street from Ohio. You guys, you guys can't deny this. You guys cannot deny this. It's going to happen. Ohio State basketball is going to be on top again. That's hot take number one. And hot take number two, my Penn State, Penn State Nittany Lions. This is going to be the year because Ohio State football owns Penn State and football. Let's just keep it a buck. But this is the year that Penn State football is going to beat Ohio State. We got Drew Drew Adler is going to win Heisman in three years. He reminds me of a prime Ben Roethlisberger. We got Kayvon Lee, who is literally, literally Saquon Barkley 2.0. You know and Sean knows how great Saquon not, is. He he's literally not, I know who, how great no, Saquon was, not. and I know this kid Stop. isn't him. Stop. Uh, no, he is total. Saquon 2.0. So, you guys not. have to watch the film. All we need to do is get his bent Sean Clifford. Sean Clifford is a bum. He doesn't have what it takes. That three, that fucking pick six that he threw, I watched it live. I saw it with my old eyes. This man literally threw it right to the man. Oh, he went God. 75 yards Pick six. Sean Clifford needs to be benched, and we need to start Drew Adler. And once we start Drew Adler, James Franklin, if you're listening to this, I'm hoping you're listening. You need to bench Sean Clifford, start Drew Adler, and he's going to lead us all the way to the championship game. He is being Big Ben 2.0. Watch and learn. Watch.
Okay, first of all, bro, first of all, you're a Rutgers fan, so I don't understand why you're sitting there. So I'm not nah, that's my the, second the, team. The Shut up. Second that's of my, all, okay, that's fine. That's, that's fine. my second, second team. Second of all, so, second of all, so, so PC, Sean, Trey, Gianni, I want y'all to realize this man, like, it, it was bad enough that Tolu, we had to witness Tolu meet riding LeBron James for all these years that we've known him, right? Ohio State basketball. Now, but for everyone listening, totally LeBron 20, James will old. commit to Ohio State. He will. Watch and learn. Man, meat riding a teenager. That's crazy. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not meat. He's I not got, a teenager. All I want to, all I have yeah. to say about the second hot not a take. Teenager? 17 is definitely a teenager. And right. Teenager. What are you talking Anyways, about? Anyways. not a teenager. All I have to say about your second hot take is that it's fitting that Pedo State has a quarterback who you would compare to Ben Roethlisberger. That's fitting. That's that's all I'm going to say. It's <laughs> actually very fitting. Oh, that um, was funny. Let, funny. Let me, let's get to uh, some some better hot takes than that. Uh, let's go with Shiani next. Ohio State this year. Watch him it's Shiani's turn. It's Shiani's turn. Go ahead, G. You're, you're, not, you're not beating my butt, guys, bro. I'm sorry. Get, get over it. Get over it. I got a baseball take. Um... Is about the Seattle Mariners. The Seattle Mariners are a red hot team, a team I consider pretty scary. And for my hot take, with the way the bye weeks are, are worked in the baseball playoffs and everything, I think the Seattle Mariners are going to win the American League. They look red hot. If really? their pitching comes together, and they're just a tough team, honestly. I, I could see them upsetting Houston. And if the Yankees don't get everything together, they can probably beat the Yankees in the championship series. They, they, they got a chance. They, they probably are the third best team right now in the American League. Second, third best team around there. What a way. What a way to end your drought if you win the American League that way. Um, <laughs> that would definitely be a, a sight to behold. Me when Braun Strowman came back. Oh, brother. Um, Sean, okay. what's right. your hot take? All right, back to a real sport, unlike baseball. Um, my take has to do with the Donovan Mitchell trade, but it's not about the Cavs. It's about another team in the East that this Donovan Mitchell trade secures the Cavs a playoff spot. We all know the top five teams, the Heat, the Sixers, the Bucks, the Nets, and the Celtics. Those five teams are all locks. That's six teams that are locks. I believe I'm high on the Raptors and the Hawks. I think they're both going to be playoff teams. TK Hayes' Chicago Bulls that he had making the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They're not even going to set the playoffs this year. DeMar DeRozan, he had a great year last year. He's not repeating that. That was a bit of a fluke. Not a complete fluke, but it's not something that's going to be repeated. Zach Levine and uh, Lonzo Ball, they, neither of them own knees. They're completely kneeless. Uh, they're going to miss a ton of games, both very injury-prone. Nikola Vucevic is one of the most overrated players in the NBA. He couldn't guard Tolu. 
Um, and Patrick Williams is a nice young piece, but he just hasn't developed <laughs> how the Bulls have wanted him to. So, yeah, I don't like this Bulls roster. Their bench isn't anything to be happy with. Uh, who's their head coach? It's, it's the guy from the Thunder that I was never high on. Billy Donovan, yes. I was thinking Billy King, but that's the Nets guy. Uh, that's the former Billy. Nets GM. That's the former Nets GM that traded for Pierce and Garnett. No, Billy Donovan, who always held back Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant in Oklahoma City, will continue to hold back stars in DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine by making the Chicago Bulls completely miss the playoffs with all their flaws, especially on the defensive end. DeMar DeRozan won't have as good of a year, and it's just going to be a bad year for TK Hayes and Jay Chicago Bulls. Bust down, Rolly. Okay, look. Okay, first of all, listen, we're not going to do this. Okay, for the, first of all, we need to get something correct, all right? Because we're not, we're not going to keep doing this. They're not my Chicago anything. I don't like any Chicago teams at all. They all stink. From the Cubs to the White Sox to, to, to the Bulls to the Bears, all right? We made a prediction from the beginning, before the season even started, ladies and gentlemen, all right? And you guys know this. We made a prediction. The Bulls look very good on paper. They look very good on paper. Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, and a bunch of these guys. I'm just saying, all right? So, look, I agree, Sean. That was a great hot take, actually, because I completely agree with you. The Bulls stink. They embarrassed me last year. I should have never said that. I was wrong 100%. There was nothing right about that pick that I made, bro. DeMar, besides DeMar DeRozan being who I thought he could possibly be for them last year. Other than that, bro, that team stinks. Lonzo Ball. Uh, Lonzo Ball. I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. to And, and, and look, I'm, I'm sorry to anybody that's about to take defense. You have officially been Derrick Rose, okay? Your knees stink. You are never going to be the player that you once were. And it sucks because you're so young. But you are never going to be the player you once were, bro. Your knees stink. They have, you, have, you have officially caught the Derrick Rose knees, bro. Like, I'm sorry. Every single year, it's the uh, same injury with Lonzo Ball. It's always something with his knee. The, uh, uh, always something with his knee, bro. Just get over it. I mean, hey, man, Chicago Bulls, bro. Sean, they need to take Meg the Stallions. They're just going to stay. Because I think this is the five teams that you named, and then, like you said, then I think you put the Cavs there. You put a team like the Raptors there. You put a team. Who, who, who's another team? That the Atlanta be? Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks, yeah. And then you're fighting for a play-in spot. And That's eight teams I mean, already. That's already eight teams that are better than you. Maybe, maybe they can finish over the Raptors and the Hawks. If everything goes right, they stay healthy. That's their, was, their best case scenario is the seventh seed, which is still a play-on spot, which doesn't guarantee them a spot in the playoffs. Earlier in the episode, the Bulls are just kind of in a purgatory right now. Like, that roster is horrendous. You know, I 100% agree. Poorly. That's the worst thing, that it's not like they're a mediocre team, but they have a ton of young talent. No, they're an older team. Nikola Vucevic and DeMar DeRozan are getting paid massive contracts. They're both up there in age. Zach Levine's, what, 27, 28 now? He's not the young star he used to be. He's supposed to be, right now, in his prime, leading his team far in the playoffs, but he's just not doing that. Lonzo Ball is a young player, but like TK just said, he we're likely never going to get 82 games of Lonzo Ball. That's almost definitely never going to happen. He just has too many injuries constantly, specifically in his knees. Patrick Williams is their one young piece, but he's nothing. right As of right now, he's nothing. Maybe he takes a jump this year, but as of right now, he's a solid depth piece. That's it. Their biggest signing was Andre Drummond this year, bro. Their biggest signing was Andre Drummond. That young talent, zero cap space. They spent all their cap space. Disregard what I said about them earlier. 
definitely sleep. I did not know they got drumming bum ass. <laughs> it's just not looking good to be a Bulls fan right now. So my hot take this week, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Stand it off on a football take. Jalen Hurts. Um, oh, you okay. know, there is plenty of pressure on that young man for this upcoming season. Um, oh, you think? You know, let me do my hot take. I know, I know you're pretty upset about your quarterback not getting paid yet, but guess whose fault that is? It's your teams. So let me get to my hot take about my team. Okay, buddy? Um, plenty, of, plenty of pressure on him. Um, and, you know, we improve the offense. We improve the defense. I think coaching staff is going to have to step up. And, of course, the biggest improvement has to be from Jalen Hurts. And I'm sure he's already heard all the noise about, you know, how we're going to trade up to get a, you know, quarterback in next year's draft if he underperforms this year um, you know, or trade for another quarterback. My odd take this week, I think not only Jalen Hurts lives up to expectations, I think that Jalen Hurts is going to be a pro bowler because of the way he performs this upcoming season. I think if he improves, even if he's slightly better than what he was last season, you know, I think that'll be enough for us to win the division, make the playoffs, get the job done. You know, I I really hope that's the case because this is someone that at the beginning, I did not understand us drafting Jalen Hurts. As a matter of fact, I still don't understand it. But it's been a draft pick that has worked out for us because of our situation. And I'd be lying if I said that I wouldn't want this guy to succeed. I don't want Jalen Hurts to fail. I never wanted that. All I wanted was a fair opportunity for the players currently on the roster at that time. Jalen Hurts is QB1 now. And now he has to live up to expectations. So get the job done this season, Jalen Hurts. And you won't have to worry about us possibly training up for CJ Shroud. Totally, bro. All right, you are now. a sick bastard, and you need a father figure in your evil. life, and that was disgusting. Don't ever do that for again. Sean, Sean do, do, you, do you think? Just, just disgusting. Um, that's, that's hot takes for this week. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to... It's a, I'm really glad the fans don't get to see the stuff that that, that man sends in here. Um, but yeah. Like, why would he even think that was okay? Like, why would he even think that I was okay, bro? I don't know, bro. I don't know. Uh, episode 89 is in the books, officially. Um, closing it out. So, make sure you follow the podcast socials at WHS underscore podcast. Our Instagram at WHS underscore podcast. Our YouTube at YouTube.com slash Sports. Like I said, there'll be a plethora of videos posted this week, including our division winners that uh, we recorded a couple of weeks back. But I've been saving, of course, for this week. That'll probably be posted um, either Wednesday night or Thursday morning before the game, um, before the season officially kicks off. Um, and our TikTok at We Ate Sports. Um, call up one, check up on them, tell them that you love them. Uh, so for this week, my advice, and this pertains specifically to my generation, um, stop making everything a, a trend. Like, we really fall into this, like, hole of making everything a trend. We're making everything a meme. We're making everything 
about the the moment in the moment now. I'm going to take, for example, something that's been happening on YouTube for uh, quite a long time, but is only being brung to a lot of people's attention. Corey Kenshin. I don't know if any of you know Corey Kenshin, but he's a pretty successful YouTuber. You know, and for the last, you know, few months now, he's been, you know, coming in and out of YouTube, you know, trying to make videos for, for that site or whatever. Um, and, you know, he finally called out YouTube for either having a favoritism problem or having a racism problem. And, you know, that there is, there is, you know, a problem with it when it comes to YouTube highlighting, um, highlighting like black creators, highlighting creators that are people of color. It's the same thing with Twitch. Like Kai Sinat, Kai Sinat is well on pace to pass XQC for the most subscribed channel on all of Twitch. But yeah, Twitch has not tweeted a single thing about Kai Sinat. You know, speed, as much as he can be controversial at times, guess what? He is about to be top 10 and, you know, most like subscribed channel. Um, Corey Kenjin. He's, like I said, someone that's been a Twitter OG. He has over 15 million subscribers on YouTube, yet his videos are constantly demonetized and, you know, age-restricted, and you never hear anything from them. Um, it sucks. It sucks. But yet, there have been people who you can make, like, a video or two about, make a meme or two about, that's fine. But as, you, you don't get the just overall message that we're trying to get we're not trying to make this a one-time thing that we talk about for like a few months or whatever we are trying to make this something that youtube and twitter have to confront that they have to talk about that they have to improve that they have to change we're not going to do that if it's just something that we talk about for a month or two and then we move on to like another like thing that we're all like interested in there's a problem that with that there was a problem when there was protests for black lives matter back in the summer of 2020 and everybody was doing protests all across the nation that was great that was great movement and then we all stopped <laughs> why did we stop it just it it pains me. It frustrates me because I know that my generation is smart. I know that my generation can be innovative, that it could be something that can make older generations truly understand where we're coming from. Yeah, I, I guess that's really my, my advice. But so we just stop making everything a trend. You know, if you see a problem especially on social media in our society speak on it for you know half a year don't speak on it for a week or two or a month or two or two months or two it's something that needs to change if we're ever going to progress in society if we're ever going to progress in the way that we live today uh so yeah something i had to get up my chest um we'll be back next week 
uh, for episode 90. We're officially going to be in the 90s next week, boys. Truly, truly cannot wait for that. I was but that will yeah. be avalanche. Uh, that's all I got. Goodbye.